1: We go from the flyweights all the way to the heavyweights because April is the one month that we have a lot of action. And to break it down, we have great guests, obviously my partners in crime, Palma al Chris Algeri, and it's time to talk about the Hell Tower. None other than Sebastian Fundora at 6'5", 6'6", depending on how you look at him. He's just outstandingly tall. He's going to be facing uh, Brian Mendoza from Albuquerque. Let's start talking about Sebastian Fundora. This is a fight that's going to take place on April 8th. You can enjoy it on Showtime. And uh, Fundora with a perfect record, 20-0, 17 knockouts, uh, the longest reach, 80 inches worth of reach, uh, very tall, we already mentioned it, but he loves to bang, he loves to fight in the short distance. Why is that?
0: I mean, maybe it's in his DNA, maybe it's the way that he came up, but I have a little inside information about that. So he came up in South Florida in the, in the amateur circuit there, and he wasn't that tall.
1: Oh. So a lot of his
0: fights, he spent just fighting like normal size, and he was on the inside and working that, that kind of way. And he kind of developed his 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 uh, his style through that. And then he had a growth spurt. And but it he, must have
1: been a late one.
0: I mean, somewhat. I mean, he's been boxing his whole life, from what I understand. So you know, he's he's very well known in the South Florida area from from the amateur circuit. So uh, that, that's what I heard. But um, it makes sense. It makes sense. If you've been fighting one way, you know, your whole life, even if it was early on, and then you have a spurt, and now you're, you're tall and long, and well, that's that's the way he fights. And he makes it work. Even though it can be detrimental to be that long in the inside, he, he's very good at it. He punches he punches very short, even though he has super long arms. Um, my partner, Pauli Mahanaji, the champ over here, said that it reminded him of Chico Corrales, mm-hmm. Diego Corrales, who was also another tall fighter who fought on the inside a lot. But the difference with Chico, with Corrales was, he actually had short reach. He wasn't really long in terms of his arms. He had a long body, long torso. He was very, very tall for the weight class. But he didn't have a, such a reach. Like you mentioned, uh, Fandora has an 80-inch reach. Yes, that's, that's, that's a heavy heavyweight. Weight. It's a heavyweight reach. So I so know. For him to fight on the inside and still be effective, uh, it, it boggles my mind.
1: I I, I just find it, Uncanny because I would take advantage of that reach. I'm not
2: complaining though. He's fun to watch. You know, it makes him more <laughs> fun to watch. Think about how many tall guys we have we we've we've seen in the past that are because are so defensive that they're you know they're they're not so much fun. But you'll tell you, when you get active tall guys that are active, I remember Paul Williams was another one like this. Yes. So they're fun oh, to yeah, watch. You know, they, they that they want to fight, that they're they don't just sit back on on their natural born, you know, height and reach. I'll tell you. And, and again, I mean, I should be the last guy to tell you, because if I was that tall, I probably would be sitting back on my height. But I'll tell you, if, as a fan from a being from now, I'm biased from the other perspective. I don't mind it. I mean, this guy's fun to watch. He knows how to win. So it's not like he's he's, he's given up all these attributes uh, in order to be entertaining and then he's not winning. We're talking about him. We're having a show about him. He's, he's on an elite level. He knows how to win at this level. You know, I... I, I think a lot of the taller fighters,
0: a lot of them, they will fight long and tall. One, you know, they, obviously they have the reach all fights mm-hmm. start at, at, at distance, so having range is, is an asset. But a lot of those taller fighters who choose to fight that way are a little fragile. Mm-hmm. Like Tommy Hearns, for example, at, at welterweight, you know, he was a little bit, legs would go, he would get hit, he would get hurt. You know, he was, he was beating Sugar Ray Leonard in their first fight, was outboxing him, was was really too much for him, and it was his chin and his legs that failed him. So he had to fight a little more long, length and using his strength. Fondora seems very durable. He was down against Lubin. I was Lubin, just going to say, he Lubin's proved a himself Lubin's a southpaw there. and a very good puncher. So And he came back and roared back to win and to stop Lubin. So he, you know, even though he is tall and long, he's actually very durable as well.
1: Let's talk about the next fight after that was Ocampo. Yeah. He went the distance with Ocampo. Yep. And when you have, again, the advantage in height and reach, uh, you were to think he could have railroaded somebody like Ocampo. Yet you don't agree with me.
2: I'll tell you what, I mean, it it could also be a mental letdown a little bit, you know, where you're like, you know, you just fought Lubin, and you're coming off a high, and now Ocampo, it's hard to get up the same way for a guy like Ocampo, right, Uh, after a win uh, of a guy like Lubin, but tell you, this opponent is a bit different. You know, Mendoza's young. He's, uh, you know, he's more primed. Ocampo had already seen his better days. So this guy will keep you on your P's and Q's. You know, when when you're getting ready to fight a guy like Mendoza, who himself has a a nice southpaw jab and knows how to close the gap with it, you know, you got to be a little bit more alert, and you're also mentally going to realize, okay, I have a hungry guy in front of me, as opposed to I have a... You know, at this point, a mediocre journeyman, which was Ocampo. You know, yeah, he might have had been coming off some wins, but again, he he he'd shown that he can't compete at that level. And those of you don't know that about him yet, he's hungry and he believes in himself. So you've got to you've got to also take the perspective, take the mindset that you know this is a dangerous guy who's coming to win. He's not going to. And when you get a young guy who comes to win, it's different than having an older guy. You can convince an older guy, okay, it's, your time's up. You know, after a few hard shots, he's he's already had his best years behind him. But a young guy, you won't convince him with a few hard shots. You got to beat it out of him. So, and Mendoza has some ability in there as well. So, And, of course, when it comes to a guy like Fondora who's hittable, Mendoza's going to have plenty of opportunities to be, get confident in the fight. I'm not going to tell you he's going to beat him, beat Fandora, but there's plenty of moments where uh, Mendoza's probably going to land some shots. is uh, very hittable. And, and, and you know, that gains confidence even for a guy like Mendoza and creates that kind of firefight. You know, two hungry guys wanting mm-hmm. to fight. And, again, you get the entertaining matchup that I was talking about.
0: And uh, Mendoza has shown some pop. You know, his last mm-hmm. fight, he scored a uh, best fight, best win of his career with a, with a beautiful uppercut, a highlight reel knockout against a former world champion. So, you know, there's that, too. And then we just saw on the, on the graphic there, we had him training with Salas. That's that. You mentioned the, the momentum and, and, and the, the hunger of being mm-hmm. a young fighter. Now he's also got, well, I got a new trainer. I'm a new guy. Yeah. Well, he was so confident in here. that last fight. So that motivation is there. But just a little caveat to go against it. Uh, Mendoza has fought another very tall, long fighter in uh thomas lamana and he struggled in that fight Mm -hmm. he had some trouble but it looked like he on paper i thought he was going to win that fight pretty easily he didn't so Mm -hmm. that gave me a little insight into what potentially could happen
1: in this fight. but he didn't have ismael salas and just let's not forget what ismael salas did for jorge Linares. yep so he can revive anything and anybody we're going to go for a short break but when we come back we're going to go with my world champions into the ring and get the keys to victory Who's going to take the win and how? What does it take to take that win against the Hell Tower? Sebastián Fundora. We'll see. We'll be right back.
0: What's up, guys? We're talking about keys to victory for Sebastián Fundora versus Brian Mendoza. I will be Sebastián Fundora. Paulie here will be Brian Mendoza. Now, for, for Sebastián Fundora has a lot of assets in this fight. A lot of assets in most fights. He's Six foot six, he has an 80 inch reach, and he's a southpaw. So for him to be effective, he likes to fight on the inside, but he has to do some damage on the way in. So as Mendoza comes in, he's gonna have to close the distance. It would be smart for Mendo- Fandora, for, uh, to cause some damage on the way in. Use that jab, even though he's not much of a jabber, but to throw punches as Mendoza's closing the distance. Once he is inside, take advantage of the opportunities that Mendoza gives him. Mendoza isn't the busiest guy in the world, and there's situations where he puts himself in defensively bad postures, that's where Fandora should really take advantage. So, for example, on the outside, he's going to have to come to me. Fedora is literally going to be up here. As Mendoza's come in, trying to wade in, use his jab, he should be firing shots as he's stepping back, looking for those looping shots as he comes up. Fedora's great looping, hooking shots. And with that kind of length, as Mendoza's coming in, there's going to be ample opportunity for hit him, to, to hit him as he, as he closes that distance. Then, once he is inside, Make sure that he takes advantage of the opportunities that Mendoza gives him. Mendoza's going to be looking, especially to rip the body and then work his way up. As he works his way up, there's going to be opportunities for uppercuts up the middle and hooks and combination punching. is a volume puncher. Mendoza, not so much. So if Mendoza can strike early and finish strong, I think he's going to win most combinations.
2: We're going to be going over some keys for Brian Mendoza to become successful in this fight. Now, a couple of things Mendoza's up against up against a tall order. Literally. I mean, first of all, Fandora is a a difficult opponent. And second of all, he's really, really tall. So he's going to have to get on the inside. Luckily for Mendoza, that's not that difficult with Fandora, who doesn't really have much of an outside game, but he's got a very dangerous inside game. So he wants to make sure he gets inside without taking too much damage. And then when he gets inside, he wants to be a little busier and attack that body and attack where Fandora gives him a chance to be attacked. He's got to be careful not to come up. Mendoza has has a... A bad habit of sometimes on the inside coming up as he's punching. Against Fandora, I could spell disaster. So let's check it out. So, Fandora's going to be really tall. He's not really busy on the outside a lot of times. So, you can kind of jab your way in and, and, and work your way in and start shooting. One thing you got to be careful with if you're, if you're Mendoza. You don't want to be too squared up because Fandora does shoot uppercuts. He shoots hooks uh, and he's busy on the inside is where he wants to be as well. So, you want to make sure you're not totally squared up. And you're finding those shots. you find those shots up the middle. But Mendoza has a good uppercut. you got a good uppercut that you knocked out Jason Rosario with. You can hit that shot to the head. You can hit that shot to the body because Fandora is really tall. So going up to the head with the uppercut may be a little difficult. But against the southpaw, you can dig that uppercut to the gut as well. Now, the important thing for Mendoza, when he's doing this a lot of times, he's coming up. That's one of the habits he has. And as he's throwing punches, he comes up. He ends up not finishing the exchange. He allows his opponent to sometimes finish the exchange because he comes up. Got to be careful, because against Sebastian Mandora, if you come up while you're punching on the inside, it could be disasters.
1: Thank you, guys. I'm going to be waiting for you right here in this desk, because we're going to talk about the 154 division, because it's stacked. We have the Charlos. we got the two. We have uh, Brian Castaño. We're going to talk about that when we come back. 154, it's a division that has very tough names, like Charlo. It also has... Um, Brian Castaño and Liam Smith. And as a matter of fact, let's not forget that Fundora is the interim champ, whatever that means. So it's like a placeholder for the real champ. But um, do any of these guys uh, mean any competition to somebody like Fundora?
0: I I mean, I look at the opposite. Does Fundora a competition for any of them? I mean, he's, he's at a lower rung in terms of where his career is at. He's got to work up to those guys. Um, I, you know, we, you, you didn't mention Tim Zhu. who just, Tim, had, a, yeah, he, he just Zoo, had a big right. win uh, uh, two weekends ago. So you know, that's 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 another stud in that division that I think Fundora needs to work up to. I, I believe where he's at right now, he's in a good position. He had his prospect versus prospect fight when he beat Erickson Lubin. Now he has a fight with Mendoza, who's uh, who's a, a, another potential prospect in the division. He's kind of streaking right now. He's a little bit hot because of his last win. Um, but ultimately, I, I think that. This fight is going to tell you a lot more about where these fighters are at in comparison to the fighters that you mentioned.
1: He's already slated to go into those levels. So.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think people expect him. He's one of the young up-and-coming guys in the weight class. You know, this weight class has, has been stacked in the, in the recent years with a lot of talent. But there's also, you know, sort of a changing of the guard process going here. And, and you know, Chalo's still up there, and he's still solid. And I've, honestly, it's still hard to see anybody beating him right at this moment but you start to wonder about these guys coming up the ladder who are just starting to knock on the doorstep and the weight class recycles into the new town you know what i'm saying and now we're going into tim zoo and Fondora into the next generation of town and and they're dangerous but there's still a lot of question marks and uh to see if they can hang the way the previous generation hung but certainly exciting to talk about
1: experience says it all the truth is
0: i feel like 54 well, it used to be one of those kind of like springboard divisions where it was like ah, welterweights move to 54. They don't stay there for very long. They, yeah, go, they, up to, they go up to they go up to middleweight. Now it doesn't seem like that. The last couple of years, it might be because of Charlo and and his his dominance over the last couple of years. But 154 is a hot division with a yeah. lot of a tough talent that's yeah, out re- there. We're seeing well that. It it back in with years, kind of. but
2: it's also changing because uh, changing of the uh, th- those guys are also kind of passing by. So I kind of like how the, it's just uh. It's kind of regurgitating himself, resuscitating itself mm-hmm. with uh, guys like Fondora and, and, and Zoo. Because you know you had guys like Julian Williams, Jared Hurd, uh, Eddie Islam You know those kind of those mm-hmm. kind of guys. They passed along now. You know, and and, and it's you're still seeing the the, the weight class uh, resuscitate itself with new town, new blood being thrown into Injected. it. So, and so Charlo, who I I've always said ha, has won the undisputed title the old school way by really having to beat champions individually and having tough fights. They don't get any easier for him because these guys are right on the doorstep waiting for their shot as well.
1: Well, since this is quick and painless, your predictions for this fight? I got Fedora. I think,
0: yeah, I'm a big Fandora fan, um, and it's not just because he's six foot six with an eight inch reach. I think he's actually a very talented fighter. He makes for fun fights. I just think that he's a step above Mendoza.
2: Yeah, I, I think uh, you know, going by what we've seen of the two, you know, we've seen Fandora at a higher level. Uh, but listen, Mendoza, again, for a guy who's so not easy to hit in, in, in Fandora, you know, Mendoza. Is dangerous, you know. Uh, again, it's always hard to give an exact prediction against a guy like Fundora because he's, there's so many intangibles there with his height and the fact that he doesn't use it, but then, you know, then you're saying, okay, he doesn't use it, but he's effective anyway. And that can punch a little bit, can be dangerous. Fundora's hitable. I don't think it's a cakewalk, but yeah, I lean towards Fundora.
1: And I'm going to add the fact that I lean to Fundora as well, but I also say that Fundora has the possibility to not only make his name at 154, He could actually go to 160, 168, 175, and even get up into the heavyweights. It's not easy to be 6'6". Anyway, thank you very much, gentlemen. If you want more information like this, don't forget, we start news very soon. New things, new stuff. Everything you want and ever need about boxing is right here on Pro Box TV. On behalf of my crew and my team, we bid you all a good night, and thank you for joining us.